What's up, everybody? Welcome to At Bet Parks Presents, episode 25 of Stick to Hockey Live. This freaking camera. I stepped on my camera and I broke it. The little stand that goes on top. So I have to mount it now on my shelf. And I hate where it is, but I'll get a new one. Um, Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Russ Cohen at Sportsology on Twitter, sportsology.com, is going to join us in a moment. And there's a really interesting debate going on. Uh, on Flyers Twitter right now about franchise goaltending in the sense that you don't need a franchise goalie to win cups. So therefore it's more, it's more incumbent upon the Flyers to trade maybe their most valuable piece at this time to rebuild in Carter Hart. We'll talk about that and tons more, but let me tell you about Bet Parks. Great time to get on the Bet Parks app. Enjoy all the great stuff you can gamble on like World Cup, also, obviously, college and pro football, college and pro hoops, you name it. If it's going on in, in the world of sport or even beyond sport, frankly, you can gamble on it. And the Bet Parks app is a fantastic forum to do it. It's easy to use, fast to use, quicker to win than ever before. Easy deposit message, fast payouts, you name it. It's all there for you. And you're going to find it simple to navigate live in game get betting, same game parlays, player performances, futures. Your standard teasers, parlays, straight bets, it's all there for you. So check it out. And right now, all new and existing users can get a free uh, bet for up to $750 by using the promo code JASON750. That's a risk-free bet. Up to $750. Just use that promo code JASON750. Terms and conditions do apply. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21, present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, great weekend, great time of year. The holiday time of year, month of December, great time to visit Subaru, Conquerville Subaru for the Share the Love event. It began back on November 17th, goes through January 3rd. And Subaru, here's the deal. They'll donate $250 for every new car sold to one of five charities. And you get to pick the charity. So it could be the ASPCA, it could be Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, Nations Parks, or Conquerville's hometown charity, which is a great one as well, Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. I can't think of a better one to donate than that. Uh, November, or December rather, great time to visit the beautiful showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Oh, it is fantastic. And you can check out the certified pre-owned inventory from a list of incoming Subaru vehicles. And it's more than just a dealership. It's a great service department as well with a free car wash for their visit. So visit ConquervilleSubaru.com. You can check out all the details there. Visit the showroom this weekend on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember that Conquerville cares. All right, let's get to the man right now. You read his work online at Sportsology.com. You follow him on Twitter. And if you don't, you better. Sportsology, at Sportsology. It's a man they call Russ Cohen. As we are getting spammed right now in my comments section by (laughs) porn site after porn site. (laughs) Well, if you're going to get spammed, here, buy my book. I'll tell you yeah, how it is. That's not spam. That's useful. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I just blocked all the porn sites from streaming in my comment section because they seem to do that. That's when you know I think that the show's gotten to a different level because all of a sudden I'm getting spammed by porn sites. Yep. Yep. It happens. I've on made it, Mom. You've made it. <laughs> uh, what's going on? How's everything? Things are good. Yeah. This is a great time of the year. Um, heavy working on the prospect stuff. Doing a fair amount of Flyers coverage, league coverage. I'll be at the Winter Classic. So WJC yeah. coming. Is what? World Juniors is not that yeah, far off. Coming, you know, camp will open up soon. So great time of the year. 
Russ, I imagine that World Juniors this year, with this draft class coming, is going to be even, especially like in a city like Philadelphia, people that are, or Chicago, you know, teams that are vying for high-end talent, this World Juniors could be uh, rated higher in those markets than it's ever been, perhaps. Yeah, and I don't know how, honestly, I don't know how the NHL network really breaks down their ratings for that. I'm not sure if they do it by city because it's the feed is coming from Canada, but I do agree that people in those areas are going to watch a lot more. Yeah. It's, there's a lot more intrigue. There'll be a lot it. more experts online too. Uh, well, there always is. <laughs> <laughs> That's our world today. Yes. You know, everybody's got a voice in a social media world. So, Hey, part of the deal. Um, what did tell up in the stuff for yeah especially with the porn somebody just texted me um but anyway um there's the debate going on this morning i didn't even plan on talking about this or talking to you about this but you're a great person to talk about it and we're going to get into some prospects and draft stuff too which okay. is your wheelhouse but raider frank texted me this morning uh and about a tweet that he put out and he tagged me he pull me into this web just when i thought i was out they pull me back in right and he says apparent apparently goaltending is a bit overrated jason Mert thoughts because this guy whose name is rich nixon 2666 um is saying that hey forget right-handed d they need everything except maybe right wing so whatever the highest value you get in prospects and picks i'd trade heart in a flash i know some don't some want to build from the net out but I'd like to hear what team has done that and won a cup in the cap era. Then he went on to say, uh, goaltending is overrated. You don't need a franchise goalie, if hard is that, to win cups. It's easier to go out and get a good enough goalie for a contending team than it is to get, say, two pieces of high-end, cost-controlled skater talent that make you a contending team. So that's what he said. I'll get into my responses in a minute. But first and foremost, Russ, there's two points there. Is it, it may be easier to go out and find a goaltender, but when you look at the Flyers organization, apparently it hasn't been because no. that is what cost them in four of the six finals they've been to since winning the cup. And that's number one. And number two, yeah, it may be easier to go out and find a goaltender, but how has this worked out for Edmonton? How has this worked out for Toronto? who I would say between those two teams, they have four of the five best players on the planet Earth right now, each team with two, and neither team has won a cup. Only one team's won a couple rounds of the playoffs, and that's Edmonton. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I would I would say this. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Chris Tarian on Locked on Flyers podcast that I do, and we talked about goaltending, and I said their big fatal flaw to me back in his day was they didn't get Mike Richter. When Richter was actually available, they took John Van Beesbrook, you know, who was a little bit older and definitely cheaper. And now, again, to be able to get a guy like Richter on the open market would have been a, a, a coup. It never happened. You know, Nashville actually drafted him in the expansion draft, and then he ended up back on the Rangers anyhow. So end of the day, it's been hard for teams. Most teams do build – from the net out, you do get that rare occasion where there's a guy like a Corey Crawford who's on a super team that can, you know. Crawford go is good, though. Out. He is so underrated. I, I think he's underrated, Russ, 
because that team won a cup with Anthony Niemi first. Yes, that, that's the issue. That is yep. the issue. Uh, but I'll tell you, like, as an example, the if we go back in 03, the Penguins, remember, traded up to get Marc-Andre Fleury, right? They traded up to get him, and and they got him, and he was their franchise goalie, and they won a cup with him. And then, you know, Murray, you could still argue that he probably he, – there was a time where he definitely was a franchise goalie. Now maybe he's fallen off a little bit because of all different reasons, but he's having a pretty good year this year. So, you know, if you're going to count Murray as the non-franchise guy, he was another guy that drafted. So in a way, and I have to count him in, you know, for, in the plan of building from the goal out. So you go to New Jersey with Brodeur, you go to Tampa with Vasilevsky. Like, you know, tell me who's not doing it. Bennington with St. Louis. Like, most of them are doing that. The yeah, problem you need, is you need elite goaltending to win. Yeah. The, the thing about Carter Hart is if he's not on board with whatever the Flyers are doing, then yes, you have to trade him because he's got one more year or one more RFA year. Um, so two more years of contract. So that is a thing where, but just as far as play, there's no reason not to keep Carter Hart and sign him long-term. If he wants to stay there, and even if he has to sit through a two-year rebuild, fine. Uh, maybe even a three-year rebuild, if he's willing to do that. But if he's not, okay, then you, then you let him go. But as far as play goes, look, I like Felix Sandstrom. I like Sam Arson. We won't know for like two more years if they'll ever reach the level Carter Hart has reached. Yeah, And, you know, that's the gamble. Would I gamble if Carter Hart wants to stay there and letting him go? No. I would sign him long-term and let him live through whatever the bad times are because he'll be there for the good times, and that's when I want to win. And so, again, he's young enough that he can deal with that and still really, you know, because goalies play a lot longer now. Anyhow, I keep him. There's no way I trade him if I have a choice. Yeah, and, and look, I don't think anybody on the team with where they are, A, right now, and B, where they've been the last two years, is untouchable. They don't own a sure. player, to me, that can carry that tag. Now, there's there's untouchable players in sports, but there's also players I'm not looking to move. You know, there's some guys – there's going to be guys that Torts goes, hey, this guy's not – I can't move forward with this guy, or this guy's not what I'm right. trying to build, and we need to move him. And then there's going to be other players who are going to go, yeah, either I can go either way. If you can get something, if you can get me this for him, I'll, t- I'll do it. And then there's some players who go, I re- – you know, unless you blow me away with a return, I can't. I I am not looking to move this guy. I'm not making phone calls to inquire about his value or anything. And that's where I am with heart. You know, there's well, that's some how people guys, are with like cars that they have, like collector cars, right? They're like, look, I yep. put a lot of time and effort into us, and they did with heart. You know, it, it costs millions to to really get a goalie like that going, and so they put in all the time, effort, development, all that. So they don't want to get rid of him. And, yeah, I mean, that's how it is if you have a red Corvette that you, you know, fixed up, shined up, whatever. But then if a guy walks up and says, I'll give you double what you think it's worth, then, you know what, you, you're probably selling it. Yeah. Yeah. They make you an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. And here's the thing, too. You know, I think it's hard to judge a rebuild when things start moving in the right direction if you don't have goaltending. Because because that's a big thing. Yeah, you could see it sinking the best of teams, like you said with the Evans and Oilers. I mean, mm-hmm. they should be winning a lot more. Jack Campbell has not started off well. Yeah, I think that was Skinner's a bad a good goalie, but he's young, so you don't know 
what he'll do over a long season if you make him the number one. And again, it it's derailing a very talented team yeah. with some of the best players on the planet, as you termed it with the Leafs. You know, Leafs, same thing. They, you know, I don't know if what they have is going to win it for them. Uh, they only have short-term deals there. So if it doesn't happen, it could cost Kyle Dubas his job. Yeah. But as far as the Leafs drafting a goalie, you know, name me the last good one. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, drafting and projecting out what a goaltender's going to be at 18 draft eligible year is really tough. It's a, it's probably one, it's one of the voodoo sciences of sport. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, the goaltender to me is very similar to the quarterback in football. If you have one and you can check that box, it's a lot easier to build out the other positions because the, there's one net, right? You know, you, you're not carrying four goaltenders that all play in a game like four centers or, you know, eight wingers or 6D. There's one net. It's too, it's too important. And when you have it, and he's 24, it's not like he's, if he was 28, 27, That's even, different it's a whole story. different conversation. Now, if he's smart, he might say, okay, you know what? I'll sign a four-year deal. Kind of like a wait and see. We'll see what you guys turn into kind of thing. Yep. And he might that, do that. That's exactly what I would do, Ross. And that's what I'll sign him to that. Mm-hmm. It gives him the opportunity where he's young enough after to, to hit a grand salami and free agency if he ends up going that route too. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, there is no point in getting rid of him unless somebody does come with an offer that includes a goalie that you think is good and could start for your team for a lot of years. But, but why also, would they do that? Why would they trade for Hart if they're trading a goalie that is good well, enough that could start? They don't believe in this goalie or his contract is up and you could sign him. Like, yeah. there's a host of reasons. But I'm just saying, or he's a young goalie that just hasn't fully developed yet. Like, let's say, let's say Spencer Knight was kind of like three years ago and Bob was still great. You know, then maybe Florida would yeah. have traded him. You know, but, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, or, or maybe there's redundancy like that. Yeah, with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, which I didn't yeah. think was made a lot of sense to begin with. Um, this guy, Rich Nixon, also said. Um, Richard Nixon? Yeah, Dick Nixon. <laughs> this is the guy that is debating it and, and bringing it out. He said, they need to draft and develop better at every position. Free agency is hardly ever a solution. And he says, my gut says you're more likely to have a broken slash regressed heart by the time the rest of the team is good if you can't keep asking him to stop 37 shots on 60 times a year for the next five years. To which I responded, yet his record is best when he sees 36 or more shots per game. Shot totals don't matter. No, I mean, we all worried about that with Henrik Lundqvist, and it was his heart that did him in. Henrik Lundqvist faced a crap load of shots. Every mm-hmm. year, all the time, especially when Torts was his coach, and they thought playing in their end was a good thing. So, you know, again, he had faced it all. And, and international play, you know, Olympics and otherwise, he had a lot of mileage on him. And I was worried about the mileage, and the mileage isn't even what did him in. Yeah. So it, 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 it's not like hits on a quarterback or cumulative right. and shots are cumulative. Goaltenders love high-volume shot games. They do. You know what goaltenders hate? 22 shots in a game. Yeah. They hate that. You think Vasilevsky liked that second period last no. night where he saw two shots in five attempts? Yeah. No, no you, you don't even feel like you're in the game when yeah. that happens. And you're not saving anything. It was like he had the night off at that point. 
Yeah, essentially did until the third period where they get 11 shots and get one goal on them, but the game was already over at that point. So I I agree with you. Um, You know, again, I'm not looking to trade Carter Hart. Nobody's untouchable. No. I mean, if Edmonton calls and says, we want Hart and we'll give you McDavid, I'm a fool to say no. Right. (laughs) A fool. But this notion of that he's going to be broken down. And I mean, have you watched the guy? I mean, he came back this year after two miserable years and found a way to park those prior years and, you know, put himself, he's, he's played really well despite maybe, I mean, even the numbers, I thought he played well last year, even though the numbers are a bit sideways considering everything what's in front of him. Well, I mean, you know, let's say Edmonton said to you, you know, Ken Holland's calling you and he's like, look, I got to win a cup now. I'll trade you Evan Bouchard and Stuart Skinner for Carter Hart. You know, then you have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe when they play Detroit, we can ask Kenny that in the uh, press dining room. He's one of the only GMs that comes down and eats in the press dining room. Yeah, but you mean Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton rather, yes. Yeah, hey, yeah. No, he does. For years. He's very approachable. And sure, you might as well ask him. Yeah, I'm it would be interesting because I mean, goaltending. You have Mike Smith and Koskinen. Yeah, he and that's needs not... a goalie like Carter Hart for one season to see if he can win a cup. So yeah, he, you know, he would be a guy that could overpay. And Hart's from the area; like people love him out there. Yeah, and I don't know that Hart being from the area is a great thing to send them to either. That's true. Sometimes you know, it's I, good. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to separate the two. You know, you you go back there; that's where you live and are loved. Then you go back there and live and fail if you don't succeed there now all of a sudden the love of hometown turns into a bit of misery in a hometown well, i mean you won at the link in the outdoor game i mean you played okay in front of your uh home i crowd. was sick i played like i was terrible <laughs> but you won the game you were did we you did have moments. I didn't even know. <laughs> so we beat the pens one and a, okay we got a streak going we need to play out, play outdoors again I, i've had enough of the outdoor games to be honest yeah from a broadcasting standpoint. Oh no, I you froze. I remember that. <laughs> oh, all of well, that one was like rain and yeah. But the one in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field was oh yeah. holy god, that was miserable. Yeah, I mean, I I get to be up in the press box and yeah, walk you're up there occasionally. It's a whole yeah, different. You're up there sipping tea with a yeah, you know, a little bit of uh, some toast. I'm yeah. down there freezing my bag off on yeah. the glass. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Russ. You know, the team is now 0-8-3 in their last 11. They broke the skid with a really good game, full value, I thought, against the Islanders in that second game. You know, they didn't back into a win. They didn't put themselves in a position where, you know, I I thought they dictated the terms in that game, played really well, really structured, and they were able to finish it. And I didn't think it was a mistake that Scott Lawton was back in the game that they were able to finish because closing a game out, you need calm veterans to do that. Mm-hmm. And, but, but overall the team from a structural standpoint and the result take out of it and considering the injuries, what have you thought of their play really in this 11 games? So like the Islander game, like we know the Islanders struggle for goals, but the Flyers did play a really good defensive game. And that was a point because I kept trying to tell people all throughout this 11 games, they're like, Russ, you're too hard on this team. You know, they're not good. And I'm like, that doesn't mean their defense can't be good. If they get outscored, they get outscored, which they're getting outscored in most games anyhow. 
but the defense is intact. There's no excuses. Ryan Ellis has been gone for so long now that their defense is intact. So if they can't win with the defense, that's a whole other story. But the idea is they should have played better. And in the Islander game, they proved they could. Now, at other times, and especially like in this Tampa game, there are massive breakdowns here that, again, I can't just simply blame on personnel. I have to blame some on coaching, too. So as an example, in for the um, for last night, when um, I want to say it was the first power play goal for um, for Tampa, and who scored the two goals last night? Uh, Nick uh, Paul. Yeah, Nick, Nick Paul. Paul. Yep. Nick Paul walked in while they were playing the box, and Nick Paul walked in and got the first goal. Like Nick Paul is a big tough guy. If you give him extra room in the slot, he's going to take it and score every time. Yeah. So then Nick Paul saw that and figured he could do it again later in the game, five on five, and he did. So the fact that they haven't been able to get guys out of the crease, just in the few gamers that I've had to write recently for Philly Hockey Now, I have written about how the other teams have owned the crease area on the Flyers. They're getting in there, man. They're crashing Carter Hart all the time. These are He's getting so many high danger chances, it's not even funny. So I can blame that partly on personnel, but I do have to blame that somewhat on structure too. Because again, you put out guys that you think can do this. Now, late in games in that 11-game streak, I understand Zach McEwen's stick broke, but why was he out there? Why was he out there? Yeah. Can you give me a good reason against the Canadians, right? The 1.9 seconds? Yep. Yeah, the, the call field goal. Yeah. Why was he out there? So there's things like that where you say, okay, they may not have the personnel to be a playoff team, but 24 games in, it's a little frustrating that they can't figure out the personnel to at least have out there at the right times. Because they but, haven't but figured that McEwen's out. McEwen's out there, though, because they, they're out of options. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? They have other players that, that they can put. Like, I don't even know if Noah Cates was on the ice for that. Noah Cates is a really good defensive forward. Yeah, he, he's he's in those last-minute pretty much every time Noah Cates Lawton have been guys that have been out there in that situation the most from a forward perspective. I mean, I would rather even see, uh, Lisinski if that was, if he played that game, somebody like that, who's pretty he's decently responsible. I mean, Zach McEwen is not the guy to have out there. He's yeah. not even the guy that can. I mean, he, he, Zach McEwen's played on the power play. I mean, I, I don't think he's yeah, played I mean, the power play since he was in Peewee. Right. I mean, again, so Travis Sanheim, right. When there were all these injuries to players, you couldn't put two defensemen up on the power play and let Travis Sanheim be on the power play? Yeah. Why? Um, with the power play, one of the reasons I believe Owen Tippett's gone cold, you have him on his opposite side. All he could shoot is a wrist shot on the power play. He can't even shoot a one-timer. He needs to be able to shoot his one-timer. That's his calling card. His wrist shot is not his calling card. It's his I'm one-timer. fine with him on the off wing, five on five. Yeah, but not on, the, on power. the power play. He's a trigger, and I agree with you. Yes. He needs to be in a trigger position. He's got to be the guy, a guy the puck. Yeah, I mean, you put a guy on his off wing on the power play, it's as a facilitator so he can see the ice right. open more and have a stick in the middle of the ice. He's but, not the guy for that. No, he's not the guy for that. He, he, I think he's a better passer than I thought, but he's not a facilitator on the power play, especially couple that when you have your main facilitator on the power play as your point man in Tony D'Angelo. Right. Right. 
So, so I do agree with that. That's a good point that you make. Um, and, and I think that's why he's gone cold scoring because yeah, he, could be he's not scoring on the power play. And and his confidence. Yeah. You know, you know that scorers and shooters that oh yeah they just ride waves. I think waiting, accident, always waiting for the next set of waves to come in to ride. Yeah. I think only by accident they're gonna find out that Igor Zamula is a good defenseman and they can trust him. But they're uh, only do doing think, this, they're only finding this out by accident. Why are they finding it out by accident? Because they they could keep Braun in the lineup, but they've decided at this point we're gonna play him at the NHL level, we're gonna let him, you know, go through some tough nights. Why is, I don't understand why that's by accident. Well, during that 11-game streak, how many games did he sit? They had a, he sat so many games, they had to set him down to, to play again. Because they, they weren't practicing. Yeah, but they made that decision now that they're going to develop. No, no, but, but develop. he yeah. should have made it then. That's my yeah. point. You asked Not me about 11 games. During mm-hmm. that 11 games, he should have been playing. Yeah, especially when you have so many games congested, you can get fresher legs in there too. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these decisions, some of them are coming late mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he, had, he had a really rough night last night, I yeah. thought. Um, I thought he was good the other day, but I thought he was really rough last night. Who was that, but, you know, Yeah. I thought, I thought he was he... good early. I think everybody was rough late. I thought early yeah. his passing was good and his skating was good, mm-hmm. but I think everybody, it was rough late. I did. Well, yeah, Tampa just dominated yeah. in the second It was period. like a master class on puck possession. It was. I mean, the one shift, Risto was out there for 402. <laughs> Four minutes and two, and he couldn't get off. He's the right D in the yeah. second period, furthest from the bench, and he just couldn't. I mean, Provorov was out there for three forty something on that yeah. shift. He was able to get off at some point, but Risto was out there for four hundred two. And you know, the crazy thing is, you you know, with Zamula, you know, we hear and you see it on social media all the time: play the kids, play the kids. But then people were bitching up and down at how he looked overwhelmed. If you want to develop, if you want kids to develop at the NHL level, don't say play the kids, play the kids, and then bitch when they make mistakes. Correct. You can't do both. You can't do both. It's also the people that say tear it down and then complain that the team, you know, it looks like a not NHL team. That's what it's going to look like. Yes. That's why. That's why I say so often, Russ, that I think I think most people say they can handle a tear down rebuild, but they can't live a tear down rebuild. No, that's true. I mean, look, Ranger fans got off easy because Fox wanted to go there. Panarin wanted to go there. Yep. Some other things happened. You know, you got, was Panera, you got Kako. These things helped. It helped things along. They didn't really have to hurt for as long as, like, the Leafs fans did. So I agree with you. I think a lot of people would get fed up. It still doesn't mean it shouldn't have happened. It should have started last year so it wouldn't have. See, the problem is it didn't start last year at the trading deadline. Had it. You'd already be well into it this year, where this year they fought it off and decided that that's not what they're doing. So now next year could be the year they started, or they just try and reset it again, and they never start it. It looks and like so, they've started it now, though, Russ. By maybe, maybe, but maybe not by you know their own full buy into that. But well, because I'll tell you of why, I don't know if that's entirely true. It's true from the coach's standpoint. Yeah, I don't know if it's true from the GM standpoint, who believes this team is in it. And because they're five points out of the playoffs, and I, I don't think he left. believes that. I, I think that was he said the wrong thing there, but I don't think he, he, he did. That. But 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 um, there have been a few teams scouting a lot recently, especially the Leafs, and I think they're looking because again, Jake Muzzin, they've lost him for the year, yeah, or at least the regular season, but I think for the year and even possibly longer, right? So maybe they're looking at Risto, maybe they're looking at Sealer, maybe they're looking at Braun. 
but they've been there. It's not like they're they're looking at Provorov and Sanheim. They could be. They could be. So my point is a long-term solution because Muzzin's not getting any younger. My point is, I think Chuck is going to try and pull the trigger on another trade where, you know, maybe he gets a guy with a little more term. He loses some salary, but still says, look, this still makes us better and still plays with that narrative. That's why I don't think they're there yet because the GM and the coach are not doing the same thing. The availabilities this week of Tortorella on Monday and Wednesday, um, or no, Monday and yesterday, Yeah. prior to the game yesterday. I, I thought Torts was incredibly enlightening and transparent. He, um, he, you know, he, he said basically what Babcock said. There's going to be pain. Right. And there's going to be more pain. And then last night after the game, he said, you know, we're going to have another game like this year. Hell, we might have a couple more games like that this year. But no matter how bad it is in the moment, we cannot change the path of what we need to do here. And to me, that's a guy that's going, you may not want to term it rebuild. And he said he doesn't get caught up in labels, but that's a rebuild. It, it is. I think he should have said Long it earlier. Play. I think saying that 24 games into the season caught people by surprise. It did. It even caught me by surprise only because he should have said it after, you know, like midway through this losing streak. Like, okay, guys, look, this is, you know, so it's like, so now he doesn't want to say it though because he's demanding guys play hard and he doesn't know, want to he doesn't want to mitigate result from his sure. equation. You know, the other being thing able to close did, out games when they're not going to win a lot, they're not. But no. being able to close out games when you're in position is a good trait to have going forward. But again, it's not like he is going to teach them that trait. These guys have been in hockey long enough. Like I guarantee you, there are some veterans on this team that have to bite their tongue for some of the things John says at press conferences. I would almost bet money mm-hmm. on it because he's, he's bringing it back to a point where he's kind of like, I got to teach these guys. They have no idea. Like that's what comes off. That's what we hear in the media. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm sure there's some players that are frustrated over that. They do play hard. They didn't play that hard against Tampa. They didn't. And even that first period where John said he was sort of happy. I don't see how he could be because he's only happy with that period because he put it next to the second period. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. It's like going, I, I lost an, I, I lost a, a three fingers in the first period, but in the second period, I lost an entire leg. Right. So the first period wasn't that bad by, by comparative no, purposes. No, no, that's fair. <laughs> the other thing he said that John said that drove me crazy was, um, in the morning briefing was uh, that guaranteed contracts suck. Well, he has a guaranteed contract. So what the hell is he talking about? Like, he you know, they suck. He just said you have them and it's not like the NFL where you can't just no, I, cut I a guy on Monday. Saying, Jason, but like, you know, does he want his contract to be year by year too? Probably hell not. No. Hell no. <laughs> that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. It's nice to say, Hey, I'd like the players year by year, but not me. Yeah. Yeah. That that can apply to them, but not, not the guy that's coaching the team. Right. I, I don't look coaching is year by year, but you still get paid. Right. Like in yeah. Vancouver, he got exited very early and he got yep. paid. Yeah. And, and we see, I mean, the average tenure, I think now is like 2.45 seasons right. for a head coach. Now Torts is other than Vancouver has far exceeded lasted longer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. five, five and six. So, I mean, yeah, no question. I mean, look, an outlier. He's, the, he's the guy in power right now. 
And so he's the guy you really do have to listen to more than Chuck, unfortunately, because I just, that's the way it is. He, you know, he's going to play the guys he wants to play. And, and that's the way it's going to work out in the end. He could, you know, he might have some disagreements with Chuck about this and I'm sure they do, but in the end it's up to him. So he's in charge of that. All I want for this season, for this team is for players to develop. And I felt like in these first 24 games, Noah Cates didn't need development. Even John admitted it. Like, hey, this guy came from a program where, like, he knew what to do. He knows what to do out there. But nobody else has really developed yet. And we need to start seeing that. And Cates that's what this more development, though. If they want to make him a center, then he needs more development. Yeah, sure. But I don't know if that's going to be the case, right? I think when Couturier comes back, then you have Couturier, you have Hayes. You still could always move Lawton to center, and then you wouldn't need Cates at center for now. So I don't think you have to do that. But I do think we need to see more development from other players, meaning you've got to play them at the right times. You've got to play them for, you know, not sheltered minutes. You've got to do a lot of other things. Oh, you know what the uh, – you know, Rich Bradley gave me this stat last night, and the reason why Torch shouldn't have been happy with the first period is because they only had two offensive zone faceoffs in the first period last night. Wow. So how could you be happy about that? Again, it's just because you put it next to a yeah, second yeah. period where yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. and look, I thought Torch was honest after the game when he said what? that that second period he goes they had that long shift and we could never right. grab any element or semblance of of any momentum from it. Right, from that point on, we just could never get their legs under them, and which is a little sad in a way because I get it. Tampa's a good team, yeah. but they exploited you. Oh, like yeah. that's you know that's what happened there i mean you had five shot attempts in the period and right. i would i would say of those five shot attempts three maybe three of them were legit shot attempts yeah but here's and another thing that shot fans, goal. yeah here's nothing fans have been arguing with me about online they have enough players to have a decent power play they do don't when tell healthy. me don't, yeah. don't tell me they don't have enough to have a decent power play their power play should not be this bad it should yeah. not Special teams in general, too. Right. It hasn't has been really been an undoing of this team. When you look at the where, where they not only rank, but... Yeah, they have the, a failing grade right now for this year for those areas where... And again, the worst part is you're playing a team like Tampa. You know how good they are on the power play. And they had the first three penalties in the game. Yeah. What have you thought of um, D'Angelo so far? Obviously, fan. Russ, he's playing too much. He I mean, when he's... he's Two, no 27, 28 minutes in a game is not ideal for Tony D'Angelo no. um, 20, from a physical 20, standpoint. And 23 just to 25 is about right. He's not the biggest guy. Um, you saw that with Wallstrom. He took a beating in that. Yep. And and that definitely shook him up. I, I look at it like this. He still needs to shoot a little more on the power play and have a little more accuracy. His passing has been great on the power play. His passing five on five has been great. He's on the ice for a lot of goals. He is. So yep. if you're going to be on the ice for a lot of goals, he's got to get more points. He doesn't have enough points for me to even call him close to like an elite offensive defenseman. Yeah, He's like in the middle of the pack offensive defenseman right now. Part of the points equation for offensive-minded D, though, is also having some forwards that you can move the puck up the ice to sure. quickly and can score off the rush. They're mm -hmm. terrible off the rush. Terrible off the rush. No, but and that's fair. That's not on him. Yeah, he can bring up the puck up the ice. But I think on the power play, 
he controls it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's but quarterback. Like, yeah, so everything runs. Everything runs from the top. And that's on him because he still got he still has Hayes out there. He still mm-hmm. has guys who could score on the power play. You know, Konechny's back out there now. I mean, yep. so I think in that regard, he hasn't performed well enough. What um, you brought up Hayes. Um, we know the numbers on Hayes this year. I mean, th- frankly, the numbers on Hayes this year are stunning when yeah. you consider the fact that he has been benched for a period. Yeah. He has been. I think he was benched in the Pittsburgh game partially in that second period, then moved to the fourth line. Yet in 24 games, he's got eight goals. He's got 16 assists. He's a point-per-game player. He's averaging a second under 19 minutes a game. And, you know, he's only got one power play goal, six power play assists, so he's done a lot of his work five-on-five here. You know, is there – you know, one of the things that gets debated is, is there a trade market for Kevin Hayes right now with three years beyond this one? And a limited no trade clause, you know, is there a market for him to be moved? No, because if he was an effective center, which right now he's not, Noah Cates has been a better center this year than Kevin Hayes. Hayes has been great on the wing, but now you're talking about. I like him on the wing. But now you're allocating eight and a half million on the wing, right? So Mm -hmm. that's high end money for the wing. Where for center, it's not high end money. So nobody's going to be willing to bring that in with that much term left for a winger. That's the problem. He needed to be an effective center at that money. Yeah. Now he's yeah. had a really great year offensively, but for his Captain other 7.1. 7.1. So at 7.1, that's that's a hefty amount. That's a hefty amount. But you're right. If if the 7.1, I'm not saying he's going to have an 82-point season and be a point-per-game player. Right. But it's 7.1 if you put up 60, 58 to 62 points. That is decent value at the center position. But at the, at the wing position, it is different. Yes. And that's the that's the issue. If he were doing Sorry, better. Winners. Learn how to play winning, center. More money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If he, were, if he were having a better all-around season, like, then there might be a market. But right now, no. But he's still very valuable for the Flyers. So, Torch is doing the right thing with him. He is. Because, yeah. look, he doesn't care what he signed for. He doesn't care. Now, he will care when, you know, if he ever wants to get him traded and, and a GM can't. But in, in the, right now, he's doing the right thing for him, and he's getting the max offense out of him. Because this is a team that has 50-something goals. They can't score. Yeah. Lowest scoring team in the entire NHL. I think they're averaging 2.4 goals per game. Like, I didn't see that part coming. I saw the... Defense not being great, Carter Hart being run ragged. I didn't see them having this low of an offense. Yeah, I, well, part of that also is what you're missing. Sure, but I mean, again, Tippett's still in there. There's guys in there that are not scoring the way they should either. Yeah, It it, but it is hard. I mean, everything is slotted so weird because, you know, guys that are playing top line against the number one shutdown line usually get a much more favorable matchup if you have depth on your team and they just don't have it, they don't have it, you know? No, no, I get that part. Right. But you know, you look at a team like the Leafs and they lost three big defensemen and their two goalies for a while. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to lose. That's, that's equal to what the flyers are missing now. And they still ones, they still were winning games. Like you can still have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Clark. I get it, but I'm just saying (laughs) it's still a lot to miss. Yeah. Um, But like, look at Columbus, what they're missing, right? 
They still yeah, have to grow. The Flyers should be a playoff team. What I'm saying is yeah. they could play better. They could play better. And so Nick Delorier on the third line, why in the world would I have him with Frost and Tippett, who are really good skaters, and Delorier has proven he is not a good skater? Why do I have that line together? Yeah. I I would – I like the Frost, Tippett, and Farabee. Me too. Even and though Farabee fighting it. That. Yeah, Farabee's fighting it right now. And coming off that next surgery, I don't know how much of it is that or adjusting yeah. the torch or what. And that's why I've been kind to Farabee because not everybody's Jack Eichel. Not everything's going to work out. It took like Eichel that. four months to come back from that too once he started playing again. Correct. You know, he, he wasn't great when he came back. And Eichel's a no. great player, no doubt, right? Yeah. Um, last thing, Russ, let's, I know you got to get going too. And I do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we did, we do it every year before the season, you know, we make our selections for the different categories of heart and Norris. I, I didn't have Eric Carlson winning the Norris. I don't think no, you did either. <laughs> totally fair. I, th- I thought there was a better chance he'd retire mid season than win the Norris <laughs> to yeah, be yeah, honest yeah. with you, but he has got to be the leader in the he's club the leader now. right now there's no question he's a heart candidate frankly yeah i mean again i said it on another show if he has a couple more years like this as a resurgence he'll be a hall of famer yeah i mean he's always been such a dynamic player but the injuries yeah. really ran him down i didn't know that his body could get back to this point i didn't either it's it's amazing what he's done i mean the numbers are off the charts goals, the amount of goals like god oh it's hard. It's I, I think it's a hard thing to do for San Jose to be this bad with a player this good. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I, I do. There's so much that's incumbent upon him. And he just, I mean, he just continues to put up points. And I mean, look, maybe he wants out of there. Maybe that's, you know, the way he's going to do it. I mean, he's six I don't know if he does. That's the thing. I don't know if he does. It's a nice area. He's been to the cup. I don't know if he does. Yeah. I mean, the guy's got 11 goals and 21 assists. I know. Already this season in 25 or 26 games, he's got 32 points. It's outrageous. That is unbelievable. Meanwhile, McDavid sits at the top with 19 goals and 24 yeah, assists. Yeah, but don't, don't underestimate what Jason Robertson's done because. Oh, he's incredible. But I also had to go back and, and like tell Flyers fans and fans of other teams, like, I had him ranked a lot higher than others because I just really liked him. I liked mm-hmm. his makeup. I liked his shot. I knew his speed had to be worked on. He could be a power forward. So I put him like 24th. I put him one spot ahead of where I had Nick Suzuki, which, again, Nick Suzuki is a pretty damn good player too. Very good, um, yeah. he, he got taken a lot earlier and Robertson got t- taken later because Robertson was looked at as a little bit of a project. So yeah. that's why teams didn't take him in the first round and he went like 39th. And um, it takes big body players a little longer, I think, Russ, to, to adjust to the NHL. I really, I really believe that. Robinson, the boy. They, they've done everything right with him. He, um, he happens to have a great family. You know, Nick's his brother. Nick hasn't really broken through yet, but he has. That was the thing. So many people talked about Nick. It took all the heat off of, off of him. Yeah, and, and he, he's become a star. And so, and I'm not shocked. But I'm just saying, when you go into a draft. Um, there are reasons why guys sometimes go in the second round and, and and the herd believes the same thing. And then there are also guys that like Robertson that are able to overcome it because, Hey, they just, they do more than you think in the off season. They 
did a lot with player development in Dallas. You got to give him credit. And they, he's, he's now exceeded expectations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been unbelievable. If you're looking at the, uh, the Vesna, I mean, to me, they're the two guys that are in the conversation for sure. And I think will remain in our, our Linus Olmark playing on a great team. That yeah. Boston team. I did not see that coming either. I saw them making the playoffs, but I did not see him playing like this. No, yeah. I thought they would squeak in. And I thought those injuries would play a bigger role with Marshan and McAvoy, and yeah. clearly they haven't. Um, but I look at Olmark and I look at Sorokin, and you know, for all the conversation about Shosturkin and full value last year to win it, um, and he's great, and he's not off to the greatest start like he no. played last year, and the Rangers aren't, but. You know, he overshadowed Sorokin, and Sorokin may be just as good as Shishterkin, all said and done. He is unbelie- unbelievable. The numbers are very out, similar in the K. Yes. There was a year for World Juniors. Shishterkin had the starting job. Sorokin was the second guy, but it was right there. Shishterkin was the bigger star in the KHL. When he left, Sorokin became the big star. So they've always kind of been there, and Shishterkin's kind of been like an inch ahead of them. That's yeah. it. But Sorokin's having the better year this year and definitely could win the Vezina this year. But again, there are goalies that don't win two or three Vezinas in a row anymore either. That's a you know, that's a rarity. Most of the time, there's a little it, You bit, have to go on a heater within a season, too. Yeah, there's a little bit of an up-and-down nature to the position. There mm-hmm. always has been. And I think now there's even more where it's hard to win multiples in that in, in consecutive seasons. So, yeah, I think Sorokin's the leader. Yeah, I agree. Hellebuck's been, had a good year so yeah, far. He'll be the next guy. Yeah, he he's the next one for me. I agree. Um, Russ, this was awesome. Uh, what do you got going on on Sportsology.com? What can people read? I just want to give two names. I'll give two prospect names for the draft for fans. Um, look up Will Smith and Ryan Leonard. Both play for the program. They could be, you know, right around that top 10 or so. I know Flyers fans are hoping they're in the top five, but you never know how luck is going to be. So, you know, look those guys up. What I have going on is um, – I've been writing for Philly Hockey Now, writing for Sportsology.com. But this is book selling season. So people can buy my um, my Flyers book, Images of Sports. Uh, if you that. want an autograph, DM me. If, Who's that if on the not, cover? I hold it closer. closer. Oh, it's okay. BC's on the cover. Nice. Yeah. There's a lot of like um, behind the scenes shots. Like this is a great shot of um, Braden Colburn tuning up. Uh, Brian Boyle. You can see Boyle's face just getting smashed there. Contorted. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, photos a lot of people haven't seen. We, you know, we detailed a lot of different things that went on with like the 24-7 series when they were in the Winter Classic. Fun stuff like that. At Sportsology, you can DM me. You can get that. And the Winter Classic book, I still have those. And at some point, we'll be updating that. I'll be at the Winter Classic again this year. So if you remember the first Fenway Winter Classic, I don't know if you were at that one. It but was, I was 2010. Yeah. Yeah, Fantastic. first fight, remember, Carcillo Thornton. That was the first mm-hmm. fight in Winter Classic history. Yeah, Sean Thornton, not Joe Thornton. Oh, did I? Yeah, I said Joe by mistake. Nice. Yeah, so you Sean Thornton. Say, you, you just said Thornton. Oh, I just said yes. Okay. Yeah, um, I think people, a lot of people would assume that would be Joe Jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so, you know, that I'm happy to go back to Fenway. I loved it. Um, so, anyhow, that's what I'm up to. Uh if you want to help me out, hit me up on uh, on Twitter. Nice. Sportsology.com. That's where Russ's uh, website is. And uh, you can order books there. Also, uh, at Sportsology on Twitter. And great stuff as always, brother. Enjoy the weekend, all right? Thanks, you too. There he is. Russ Cohen stopping by. Bet Parks presents Stick to Hockey Live. Great stuff. Great debate. Great stuff. Again, the heart stuff. 
nobody is untouchable in my eyes. Nobody. When your team's in the state that they're in right now, the word untouchable does not exist. But again, I'm not looking to make that deal. Just not. I don't want to make that deal. And I think he can survive this period between now and when they theoretically should be good. So I'm not looking to create that hole. I'm just not looking to do it. I think the return would, would obviously be good from a lot of teams for Carter Hart. I mean, I think that that's a deal that would take place in the offseason, not in season, but still. You know, those teams that looking to upgrade their goaltending position, generally speaking, are capped out at this point and can't fit it. And I'm not trading them for same money. You know, I need to get some high, high end prospects and picks and some real value. But again, I'm not looking to do it. Uh, let me tell everybody about the Bet Parks app. It's fantastic. Get on it. Bet all the hockey action this weekend. You can bet the World Cup. You can bet college and pro football, college and pro hoops. You name it, you can bet it on the Bet Parks app. So check it out. It's simple to use. Uh, live in game betting, same game parlays. There's player performances, first to score, exact score, rushing yards, over-unders, you name it. It's all there on the Bet Parks app, so check it out. It's easy to use, faster to win than ever before, easy to navigate. So download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 in President, Pennsylvania, or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also, visit my friends at Conquerville Subaru. It's the, uh, I mean, what a fantastic place. December's a great time to get down there. And it's the Subaru uh, they were the first Subaru Nation Love Promise Dealer of the Year winner back in 2015, and they have the Share the Love event going on right now through January 3rd, where Subaru will donate $250 for every new car sold to one of five charities. You get to pick ASPCA, Make-A-Witch, Meals on Wheels, Nations Parks, and Conquerville's hometown charity, which is the name Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware. So get down there, check out the beautiful showroom, check out the certified pre-owned inventory, list of incoming Subaru vehicles, fantastic cars, fantastic dealership. Great service department with a free car wash with every visit. So check them out. ConquerVilleSubaru.com is the website. Visit them on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember that Concordville cares. Great debate on the show today. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you leave us a great five-star rating and review. That'll help other Flyer fans and hockey fans find this podcast. The only last thing I demand is everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the hockey. And we'll talk to you Monday on a brand new episode of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. Down the street, you can hear a scream. You're a disgrace. And she slams the door in his drunken face. And now he stands outside. And all the neighbors start to gossip and drool. He cries, oh girl, you must be mad.